0: Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bhitb podcast. I'm your host, Dante Fortson, and today's show is the one everybody's been asking about. This is Satan's America, part eight. But before we get into the show, I have just a few quick announcements. Uh, Cultivating black excellence. Check out the last episode, episode number 26. Got a lot of stuff coming your way for the new year. Um, And toward the end of this year, we actually have a meeting set up on the 30th that could change a lot of stuff, different opportunities um, for uh, black people in entertainment that are not like superstars or anything. I'm talking about uh, local-level talent. Uh, It'll be a game-changer if we uh, do proceed the way we are trying to proceed. So that will be on the 30th of this month, and I will keep you guys updated on that. Also, um, update on the online black businesses that I was talking about um, for the last couple of weeks. Uh, Those are still in the works. Uh, I actually have a few more people coming in on it with me because they like the idea uh, so we're going from we're going to try to start one a month, uh, and then depending on how that goes, we're going to try to start two a month, and then put people in positions to run those businesses, and we're going to take a back seat as silent partners. Uh, so that's coming up. And tomorrow, the Black Hebrew Awakening comes out. The final 400 years of slaves in America. Make sure you grab your copy. Uh, the Kindle version is already available for pre-order. That'll go up tomorrow. The paperback. Um, will be available for purchase tomorrow as well. And the Awakening Initiative, if you haven't checked that out, check out the Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Dante Fortson. The Awakening Initiative is the plan to send 10 Awakening boxes to 10 different pastors every month. Um, So if you want to join me in that, um, I will send an extra box to a pastor for every person that signs up at the Awakening Initiative level on Patreon. And finally, the Awakening Box. I just announced it yesterday. There are 25 Awakening Boxes available, only 25, not 26, not 27, 25 Awakening Boxes. They are 59 99 and what you get in that box is everything you need to study right out of the box. Uh, so if you want to buy these for Christmas presents, they ship out December 10th. That's when I start shipping them out, so you'll get them before Christmas. Um, so – In the box, here's what you get. You get The Black Hebrew Awakening, The uh, Last 400 Years of Slaves in America. You get that book. You get The 48 Laws of Black Empowerment because people ask, what's next after you awaken? So The 48 Laws of Black Empowerment is uh, written to tell you exactly what's next after you've reached your awakening. And it also can uh, work the other way. If they want to read The 48 Laws of Black Empowerment first, uh, that works, and then they can read The Black Hebrew Awakening. Uh, They also get uh, one of the Bible study books that I put out, uh, the one with the um, 1747 Emanuel Bowen map of Judah on the western coast of Africa marked as the slave coast. They get that so they can take notes right out of the box. They don't have to go find any notepads, paper, whatever, because a lot of people like myself like to take physical notes. Uh, They get bookmarks, the double-sided bookmarks. They get two of them. And on each side, they have uh, references, quick references that allow people to um, quickly find what they are looking for and some of the most popular topics that come up with this subject. Uh, So the bookmarks are functional, and they look great. I actually changed some of the colors on them. So if you guys um, see the picture of the Awakening box on the website, uh, you will see the old bookmark colors. The new colors will be different. And I'll be updating that picture soon. Um, second, well, not second, well, we're like fourth on the list. <laughs> uh, you get the BHITB pen. It's a, um, a custom engraved pen uh, for taking notes. So, again, right out the box, you don't have to go look for a pen or anything. You get 10 instant Bible studies. Uh, the Bible study sheets that are on Etsy, you get 10 of those included in the box, uh, so you can use them right along with your study. You get a KJV Bible as well. Um, so, again, Sixty bucks you get everything right out of the box. you don't have to go look for anything. you don't have to dig anything up. Um, anybody could just study, pull out the books, and get started fifty nine ninety nine there are only twenty five of those available, so make sure you grab those. I probably won't have any more in until around February for Black History Month uh, so get those boxes today and also. Uh, In those boxes, the um, Black Hebrew Awakening and the 48 Laws of Black Empowerment are autographed by me. Um, Anybody that buys one, I can uh, put a custom message in there if you uh, make the purchase and then send me a message on Etsy after you make the purchase. Uh, For those who do not have the link to my Etsy shop, you can find it on blackhistoryinthebible.com and there will be a link in the show notes and the show description on YouTube. So check those out. And speaking of YouTube, make sure you uh, subscribe on YouTube and make sure you subscribe on Twitter. And if you like this episode or any of the other episodes that I've put together for you guys, make sure you share those so that way the message gets out. Um, I'll keep teaching it. You guys keep sharing it, and then everybody you know, kind of works together. Uh, so, yeah, go share that on Facebook, Twitter, or wherever you prefer to share. So let's, let's go ahead and jump into uh let's see the show all right so we left off um right as the civil war was starting we came out of the slave codes that's what we were talking about in um, part seven so in 1861 we have the civil war now people a lot of people believe the civil war was over slavery it was not it was over the economics of slavery and slavery expansion into other states Um, the south wanted to expand the north did not want them to expand and then you get into the, the whole um, economics because the South one thought they could make more money. Um, the North didn't care. They didn't want that happening in parts of the North, not all of the North, parts of the North. Um, so basically what happened was with the freeing of the slaves during the Civil War, the North said, well, if you want, if you don't want to keep your slaves in just the South, then we're going to go ahead and free all the slaves. So this is how in 1863 the Emancipation Proclamation got passed. It was more so a retaliation by the North because of the war. And so the Emancipation Proclamation is granted all slaves freedom. It says all persons held as slaves are and henceforth shall be free, period. There was no condition to that. So we have the Civil War ending in May 1865 because according to the According to history, over 200,000 slaves, former slaves, got their freedom and joined the North to help fight the South. So the the Northern Army got a huge boost to their army. And then, so this was 1863, the Emancipation Proclamation. So the Civil War ends two years later in 1865. Now, what's interesting about this is that in 1865, after the war is done in December, (coughs) excuse me, after the war is done in December, the 13th Amendment is passed. Now, the 13th Amendment is a slap in the face to all those black people who had escaped, got their freedom, and then helped defeat the South. They joined the North, helped them defeat the South, and then you, they come back with the 13th Amendment, um, which adds the loophole to put them back into slavery. Now, see, the Emancipation Proclamation freed slaves. This is what a lot of people miss. The Emancipation Proclamation freed slaves without condition. So, the 13th Amendment. Gets passed, You have Section 1 of the 13th Amendment that says neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for a crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. So this was meant to allow the South a way to put black people back into slavery legally under the guise of making black people criminals that break the law. So as long as they could keep up that facade, the North would turn a blind eye to slavery in the South and other parts of America. Because, again, like I said, the Emancipation Proclamation had already freed everybody, so there was really no need for the 13th Amendment except to provide a loophole specifically. Um, so one of the things I tell people is when, they, um, when Kanye made the comments he made – now, Kanye says a lot of crazy stuff uh, without thinking before he says it, but one of the points he made about abolishing the 13th Amendment – Black people got mad because they said that would put us back into slavery. That's false. Without the 13th Amendment, there would be no loophole to put us back into slavery because the Emancipation Proclamation declared our freedom without the loophole. And so now you see in other states like uh, Colorado where they had to vote to abolish the, um, the, the terminology in their state constitution their state constitution read the same as the federal constitution still reads so in colorado they recently banned the phrase except as punishment for a crime wherever the party shall have been duly convicted so their new one um their new constitution reads something to the effect of neither slavery or nor involuntary servitude shall exist within the united states or any place subject to their jurisdiction they understood that the wording was a loophole that allowed slavery, and yet on a federal level, that loophole still exists. Um, and let's let's look at Isaiah chapter ten verses one through three. And I like to point this out when people talk about obeying the law versus disobeying the law. When people say, "Well, you should they should obey the laws, or we should obey the law of the land, and all this other stuff," right? They say this. Be, because they don't understand that something is legal, something that's legal isn't necessarily moral, and something illegal isn't necessarily immoral. Perfect example: Nazi Germany. What Hitler did to the to the Khazars over there, the the false Jews, was legal, but absolutely immoral. Regardless of how you feel about that, to mass murder people is immoral. Now, it was illegal to harbor those people from murder even though that was moral so you can have a law that's immoral and a somebody disobey the law and still be morally right now isaiah chapter 10 verses 1 through 3 touches on that it says woe unto them that decree unrighteous decrees and that right grievousness which they have prescribed is talking about the law to turn aside the needy from judgment and to take away the right from the poor of my people that widows may be their prey, and that they may rob the fatherless. And what will ye do in the day of visitation and in the desolation which shall come from far? To whom will ye flee for help, and where will ye leave your glory? So the Most High is saying he's pronouncing misery on these people that write these unjust laws. And I want to point out something, too, while we're on the subject. If you go through the Bible, you will notice a theme of, referring to the poor and the fatherless. Look at the, look at the rate of um, black children born to a single-parent home. Just look at the rates on that. And it talks about the widows. Look, look how many women have been widowed because an officer or somebody murdered the father of their children. And we're going to see more of this. There are actually laws created as we get through this that are literally made to rob the poor and fatherless. Um, so we go from the slave codes, which we covered in um, part seven of This is Satan's America, which brings us into the black codes, which were enacted after the Civil War ended from 1865 to 1866. Well, part of, during partly of the Civil War before it ended, but 1865 to 1866, they enacted what are called the black codes, and the black codes are going to give rise to uh, the vagrancy laws and these a lot of these laws are still in effect people look at these like these are old from the 1800s no a lot of these laws are still legal today and they were intentionally created they're called the black codes because they were intentionally created to oppress and create a situation for black people that made them harder to rise made it harder to rise above the slavery situation um so we're only a like a step or two um above where we were when we were in slavery and in some cases people are worse off because in slavery um they did have shelter and food but you will see that poverty it was intentionally made to uh these laws were intentionally created to put black people back into poverty to make their condition worse than slavery as a punishment for them being freed from slavery all right so uh the vagrancy laws a vagrant is defined well let me before i get into definitions um vagrancy uh yeah, so basically, um, the if you want to read a clearer version of what I just said, if you go to Wikipedia, they actually summarized it better than I did. Um, it says, uh, let's see, the Black Codes were laws passed by Southern states in 1865 and 1866 in the United States after the American Civil War with the intent and the effect of restricting African Americans' freedom and compelling them to work in a labor economy based on low wages and debt low wages and debt look at how many black people have bad credit right now because they borrow they get credit cards if they don't pay off or they borrow too much money um or they have low paying jobs so low wages and debt this is started in 1865 so they defined a vagrant as someone a person who wanders from place to place homeless and without regular income this was one of the first things i learned growing up my grandfather he would always tell me to keep enough money in my pocket to make a phone call because I could be arrested for being a vagrant. And at 10 years old, I didn't understand how that even made sense. And so as I got older, it started to make sense that because my grandfather was born in 1916. So he came along just a couple, a few decades after these laws were passed, where he had to live through the vagrancy laws and the, um, Jim Crow and all that other stuff. So he would give me these pieces of advice that didn't seem applicable applicable to me at the time because I was living in the 80s, and I had no clue at the time what had happened or, you know, any of this stuff. I didn't know about slavery and everything else. So as I got older, the stuff he told me started to make sense. So in 1866, Virginia uh, passed the vagrancy laws to take advantage of the loophole created by the 13th Amendment. Um, So former slaves were not given land, so many were homeless after they were released, which automatically classified most people as vagrants if they didn't have somewhere to go. Uh, they were not given jobs with regular income right after slavery. Uh, there were other laws that had to be passed. Uh, loitering. The loitering laws were created during the vagrancy laws to put black people back into slavery. So when you see those lines that say no, no loitering, now you know the origin is from 1866 uh, Virginia, no loitering laws. Uh, prostitution became illegal because many of the women free from slavery couldn't get work so they started engaging in acts of prostitution so they used that as a means of putting them back into slavery so that they couldn't earn any kind of income drunkenness we weren't allowed to drink away our situation because you could be arrested and put back into prison criminal association which means that if somebody was arrested and convicted of one of these silly crimes by you associating with them afterwards would cause you to be arrested as well. So it created a situation where black people weren't even allowed to be around each other without fear of getting arrested. It created this constant state of fear um, of being arrested and put back into slavery. So they also came up with what's called convict leasing uh prisons could sell slave labor to other states and convict leasing is still real and to tell you how real it is i have a personal friend of mine that i've known since the 90s went to high school with him one of my best friends he was um he went to prison and uh he was here in nevada in prison and when I talked to him last, he was in Arizona, and I asked him, how did he end up in Arizona? And he said it was the convict leasing program that they have uh, between Nevada and Arizona, or I don't know who what the contract details are. But basically, they sent him from here to Arizona on the convict leasing program. So the convict leasing is still real, and it comes from the black codes. Now, in Mississippi, um, black people were only allowed to rent within the city, which prevented them from living in the country and farming for a living, because then they couldn't control the person's wages, which they had the potential to get out of poverty if they were allowed to um, run their own farms. So in Mississippi, they also passed a few other laws. Uh, Black people were forced to submit proof of employment every January, or they'd be arrested and charged $5. Now again, the arrest puts them back into slavery. So if they did not have work, they became slaves. Uh, It was illegal for black people to congregate without permission, punishable by imprisonment for up to 10 days and a $50 fine. Now, if you watch Martin Luther King's last speech, he talks about the illegal injunction against assemblies, the right to assemble. That was left over all the way up until the 60s. Um, King was talking about that. So these laws lasted for well over 100 years, which is why you still have to get permits to assemble in public places and stuff like that, because these come out of the black codes. All right, so the fine was 10 days in prison and a $50 fine for a black person, but to ensure that white people would not help them subvert the law, the penalties were way harsher for white people, which is crazy because it's one of the few instances where you find that laws are specifically written to punish white people more than black people. So white people caught congregating or assembling with black people that didn't have permission to assemble they were fined $200, so four times more than black people, and they were put into prison for up to six months. So a black person would get 10 days and $50 fine. White person would get six months and a $200 fine. And we're talking 1860s money, not 2018 $200 where you could work a day or two and get that. This, this was months of wages, um, sometimes more. So these laws were intentionally made to, to deter white people from congregating with black people. So it was kind of a forced segregation out of fear. And so finally, custody laws. Let's get into this real quick. Custody laws. Children would be taken from the parents, black children, and given back to former slave masters to use for labor. They call this apprenticeship, and they refer to these as apprenticeship laws. So this was was done as a form of terrorism, and it it was done for many reasons. There was no really – set of reasons, but basically that's what they would do. And so you'll see that this system is going to lead to what we call CPS, the Child Protective Services. They would use this as a guise of, well, we need to get the children out of this situation because the parents can't take care of them or whatever. And so they would take them, put them into the old slave system. We talk about putting them into the system. They put them into the old slave system with the former owners of their parents And they call this again apprenticeship excuse me so these laws were intentionally made to segregate and oppress the black community and and uh, segregate the segregate white people who would help them as well now in South Carolina um, a convicted black people could be hired out without pay uh, the prison share program and they created a special tax for all black males and unmarried black women they did this on purpose. It was a special tax that you had to basically pay for being black. And let's see, Louisiana, they required uh, workers to present employment release papers to avoid being classified as a fugitive worker. Uh, in the slave days, before, before the Emancipation Proclamation, if a slave ran away and the slave patrols caught them, they would return them to the slave owners. Well, after slavery, uh, they created this law, uh, the Fugitive Worker Law where if you worked for somebody, you signed a contract, and if you quit or ran away, you considered a fugitive worker. And if you were caught, you were returned to your employer, almost like property. Same thing that they did in slavery. It was no different. Um, black people had to have permission to uh, enter a town in Louisiana. They, or had, they had to have written permission to enter the town. They couldn't be out at night or live in a town without white supervision. So you see the birth of curfew laws when you see those around. Um, You could be jailed. As a black person, you could be jailed for acting arrogant with a white person, for cussing at a white person, or showing other signs of disobedience to be determined by white people. So we see this oppression um, start to form after slavery to put us back in a form of slavery, even though we were technically free. So we had freedom to a degree, and then if we went past any, any little bit past that freedom, they put us back into actual physical slavery. Um, so when people – this comes from the interview I did recently. If you didn't catch that Talking Doctrine interview with Jesus White, the link is on the page. Uh, some of the comments, people were saying that black people weren't really oppressed and it's a myth and you know, stuff like that. So this is kind of – this proves them wrong. Um, Let's see, in Florida, white women couldn't live with black men. Uh, Black people could be imprisoned and fined for disrespecting an employer, just talking back to an employer. In Maryland, they attempted to force children, the children of former slaves, into years of apprenticeships to replace the freed black people. Again, those apprenticeships where they would take the children like CPS and then put them with uh, another family, which was the slave owner. In Texas, black workers were fined a dollar for disobedience on the job and 25 cents per hour for missing work. Now... $0.25 an hour for missing work, they probably only made about $0.25 an hour um, to go to work. So you imagine that you call off sick and your employer can charge you for calling off sick, and then you have to work to make up the money that you owe them, which means you probably aren't going to get a paycheck or that much of a paycheck if you miss a day or two worth of work. Um, If a black person quit their job without permission, they lost all their income for It doesn't say how long. It just says they lost all their income. I was trying to dig up um, how long they would lose their income, but I couldn't find anything specific. Uh, In Tennessee, they created black – now, Tennessee is an interesting exception of the way they did it. Tennessee wanted to appease the Union, but they also wanted to appease the South because they, they had slaves. So Tennessee actually created laws that made black people fully free and equal. They were one of the first states to do it from the South, fully free and equal. But then they allowed law enforcement to disproportionately target Black people for arrest. Um, they prevented Black people from serving on juries to get a fair trial, which led to Black people being put back into prison and then into the slave system again. And they did this on purpose. On so law, on in in the law on paper, they weren't racist, but in action. They were racist, um, and people always say actions speak louder than words. And then, not only that, it wasn't until 1875 that uh, Tennessee actually adopted vagrancy laws. So everybody else that had just, you know, went ahead and did it ten years before, which is openly racist, Tennessee pretended like they weren't racist. And then ten years later, they were like, hey, let's put these racist laws into place. Um, in Kentucky, black people were arrested for random crimes such as theft and pretty much anything else. Um, They were placed on trial and the juries consisted of former slave owners. So the slave owners would, um, of course, convict so that they could get their slaves back. And one of the craziest laws was in Kentucky that a black person could be arrested for keeping a disorderly house. So this was, this was all determined under, um, by by the white people in charge so we see this pattern they pass a law and then they use that law or so so like the amendment the 13th amendment they pass that and then they use the loophole in it to make more oppressive laws that are legal on the state level um they also in kentucky forced uh passed laws that prevented black people from hunting on sundays Now, back then, you had to hunt for your food, and also back then, black people only got Sunday off because it was considered the Lord's Day, so everybody had Sunday off to honor the Lord's Day, which is kind of interesting to me that these rapists and slave owners and murderers, um, they do all this stuff during the week, and then on Sunday, they're like, oh, we'll take a day off. So basically, black people worked all week, and then on their one day off, they couldn't even go hunt to get food um, without being put in prison. And then all contracts, any contract they wanted to sign required the presence of a white witness. So it was nothing you could do. And, and and also, I do want to throw this in. During this time, in some states, it was not even legal for black people to get married, which is why they made that law that um, in South Carolina, that there was a special tax for all black males and unmarried black women. So – basically taxed for being black because women black men and black women did not have permission to get married even though they were free um and then they had to pay for being black and free so and if they didn't pay those taxes they could be put back into prison and slavery and their children could be taken away and put into prison or slavery so there there you see these laws how they all tie together to hold us down and this to me has the enemy's fingerprints all over it If we go back to Genesis uh, when the Pharaoh he was afraid that Israel would get free and and inside with the enemy so they made those laws to put them under bondage and he made the laws more and more oppressive to the point that the Most High stepped in and decimated Egypt Uh, so we're coming down to about the last two minutes or so I do want to remind everybody to share this I am going to do a part 9 and a part 10 on this for sure Uh, Next time, we're going to be getting into Jim Crow, coming out of Jim Crow and segregation and some of the laws that lead into the civil rights movement and the continued struggle uh, for black people to gain equality. And a lot of you that are not familiar with politics and uh, U.S. history, but black history specifically, are going to start to understand why when you see me post on Facebook about not voting exactly why voting has not mattered, because you see, it doesn't matter what laws they place, they always find a way to subvert them. And as I pointed out, they still have a lot of these black codes in effect, which still limits the amount of freedom we have. And as we get into segregation, Jim Crow, the civil rights movement, we're going to see a lot more laws passed. And even coming into 2018, um, in the 90s, we're going to touch on the crime bill, of course. We're going to touch on welfare reform. We're going to touch on all the Democrat policy, all the Republican policy. Um again make sure you grab the Black Hebrew Awakening, the final four hundred years as Slaves in America. Make sure you grab your awakening box, because again, twenty-five of them. There will not be any more awakening boxes till February. Sixty bucks gets you everything you need, fresh out of the box. Buy it for Christmas, birthday presents, whatever. They ship out December 10th. Uh so make sure you grab that. And with that said, um, until next time, I'm out.